You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the saints eternally yours in the room i have ann hi on the line i have rob howdy ben hey and kyle rock and roll (laughs) eternally yours is the second album by the australian punk rock band the saints released in 1978 the producer was chris bailey and ed kepper and the genre is punk rock i'm gonna read from all music review mark deming While the Into the Wind blare of the title cut was what people remember best, the Saints' first album, I'm Stranded, had a lot more musical variety than it was generally given credit for in 1977, and the band stayed much farther from the standard punk template on their second LP, Eternally Yours. For their sophomore outing, the Saints threw actual tempo changes, horn charts, keyboards, and R&B accents into the mix, which didn't endear them to the punk purists who predictably didn't recognize that these changes had only strengthened the band's sound. Anyone looking for blazing 4-4 punk will find it in the lost and found and private affair, but the horn-fueled Know Your Product in Australia proved that punk could also sound soulful. Rocket from the Crip owe their entire career to these cuts. The, (laughs) The moody... A minor aversion, untitled, and memories are made of this prove the Saints could slow it down and still sound tough and in passion. And This Perfect Day is quite possibly the greatest song this band would ever record. Chris Bailey's sneer of, It's so funny, I can't laugh, is alone worth the price of admission. While Eternally Yours is a bit less consistent than I'm Stranded, the material is first rate. The approach suggests the pop-smart eclecticism of the band mid 80s period fused with the muscle and ferocity of their debut maybe eternally yours didn't sound like a standard issue punk album 1978 but it stood the test of time much better than most of the work of punk's first graduating class all right what do we think of the saints eternally yours I think that my favorite punk albums from 1978 are not your standard issue punk albums from 1978 like you, you, you said him, that thing. <laughs> get him. You know, Diva does that. Talking Heads did that. I, I think the Saints do that with the, yeah. with the, with their soulful infusions. Okay. First time listener. Uh, number one. Number two. Birch, how dare you not tell me about this band beforehand? That's <laughs> very a, rude of you. They have a song on Sing Star. Uh, <laughs> do the which math. Which we just found out. Wait. 
I don't believe that I ever sang "Star" over at your house when this one of these songs was on there. Yeah, yeah, Do you we actually sang, have we, it. Yep, yeah, we yeah. sang it. I'm stranded, man. That's I know all the words because we sing it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great. It's I don't remember this either, Robert. Isn't but it, I, I trust them that, that that this happened. Okay, but isn't that up there? Uh, that's up their first record, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, maybe that's why I don't. No, that doesn't make any sense. Anyways, how dare you not tell me about this band beforehand? <laughs> when you how said that, Rob, you? earlier on the chat, I thought of like that Simpsons joke where Lenny's like, "How about some new oldies jerks?" And like that's what this album feels like to me. Like I don't think it's revolutionary to me in any way, but it's very solid. And it's super fun and it's like exactly what it needs to be. And it's very enjoyable to have something that sounds like things I like that's new to me. Right. Yeah. Like, cause I had absolutely. not listened to the saints much either. I just knew that one song. From yeah. Simpsons. I can't say is I'm entirely, f- I'm not, I'm very much unfamiliar with what was going on in Australia in the punk scene period. It's pronounced like, Australia. And <laughs> our Australia. Um, and, this makes a lot of sense with like things like Nick cave and the birthday party and in excess and everything. But like, as far as I knew, like it was just ACDC and all of a sudden these other bands popped up, but like this being like a very important marker, like on that, like things are starting to make a lot more sense to me, like regarding those bands. Um, this, this, I did not expect this when I when I heard that we were doing it, and I know I've seen the cover to this record before, but I've just I've never listened to it, so I'm just very excited. I'm on the same page as you, Rob. This was a, a very uh, happy first listen over here. Yeah, the I think I got them from Trey was into them, and it was on a comp. Uh, I'm stranded. It was you know a huge single, especially for like punk rock sound it just sounds so raw in your face really driving guitars uh and then it just expanded out from there it's it's kind of like those punk comps i got i would just go up and look uh what's 999 doing now what's slaughter and the dogs doing now you know like all those peter and the test tube babies you you just get those comps that have all these different uh uh european uh punk bands or you know, punk bands from all over the country and you just go and kind of deep dive into what all those bands are doing. Um, so that's, yeah, where I ended up with the saints and yeah, they're a great band. This is this, it's an interesting progression for them too, because they have the first album is so raw. It's just, uh, it sounds like a demo. I think he even admitted, you know, he doesn't even consider it really an album because it, it just is, uh, very very uh loose and uh not recorded well the song we're currently listening to right now is probably uh which is um private affair is is very similar to their first album it just has this like really driving beat and his his uh real straightforward delivery but they yeah as the second album proves they really expanded from that initial concept to include these different things, uh, soul and R and B. And then they'll actually take that even further in the next album that they, they, uh, they work on their third album. Escaping me right now. That, uh, prehistoric, prehistoric sounds. Yes. Prehistoric sounds. Uh, and that'll even get a little, 
I don't want to say jazzy, but it'll it'll expand into almost uh, sort of a what you guys might think of Dick Dexy's Midnight Runner, um, something that is even less uh, straightforward punk rock. Dexy's was punk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It started that way. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, glad to have them in the book. I ben, mean, had you heard it before? It's great. Me? No. Okay. No. On, on, I, I liked it from the first listen and I couldn't quite figure out what I, I, I didn't make the rocket from the crypt connection of like punk with horns uh, until Rob pointed out a few days ago. But one of the connections that I made of just like kind of like garage rock punk with horns is uh, like a more current band from the last couple decades, uh, King Con and the Shrines. And then I looked into it, and apparently they do a cover of Know Your Product. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Right. So they know, too. Yeah, so they're, yeah. they're aware. Yeah. I feel like they know a lot of stuff I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. it makes sense they would know this. I got some yeah. vibes, too, when I was listening to this. And that acoustic guitar, sort of driving acoustic guitar, I got a little of the uh, sort of mid-'90s uh, bands that were doing a lot of that, including the Lemonheads and some mm-hmm. of those almost a folk element with, you know, rock and roll, uh, punk. And his delivery is very, um, it stands out a lot. Some, that is one criticism I guess I could have about this, the band or this album is that sometimes his delivery, it just, he has a very monotone sort of, uh, delivery. Bratty. Yeah. It, it, it has a bit of a sneer, but it kind of falls flat sometimes when you're listening to an entire album of, of someone doing that. I haven't found a problem with it yet, Okay, this is only my fifth listen. So <laughs> who knows? Rob, that picture that you just shared, it's a, it's a picture of a, the, a very young gawky teenage Nick cave up, up front at a, a saint show. And was it Chris Bailey? Uh, yeah. Just kind of like, like laying down on stage in front of him. I, I I saw Will post that yesterday. It's it's weird how the, how thing like how the universe works sometimes. Right? Like <laughs> a week ago, I'd never heard of this band, and then like six days ago, I started listening to them, and then like yesterday, people are posting pictures of them on Facebook. It's just it always seems to like kind of like maybe you don't notice something until you notice it, and then once you notice it, you see it everywhere type of thing. Uh, bring it on! Uh, they do a duet together uh, on that song. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. I did want to mention real, real quick that this album, uh, a lot of people consider this one of the first, you know, possibly punk albums after the Ram- Ramones. We kind of always talk about firsts. And Wouldn't that be like I'm that. Stranded, though? 
It, correct, correct. Sorry, I'm stranded. So they're one of the first, you know, initial punk bands in September 1976. They released it, I'm Stranded. Um, and it, you know, was ahead of uh, some of the other acts like Sex Pistols, Clash, etc. So I just thought it was interesting that they were they were like right there at the, at the beginning of this sort of uh, movement. It's really cool how it's it's kind of like some like like a, a it almost seems like a grassroots movement like very very early punk rock uh, like the, the origins of it it popping up intercontinentally across the globe within the same few months of the same year. It, I don't know. It's a cool, it's a cool like sociological thing to think about because like they couldn't have necessarily like that. The Ramones couldn't be inspired by the saints and the saints couldn't be inspired by the Ramones. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, it's not, it's not like they the were TikTok buddies world, right? Yeah. They're just living in the same, but like, I guess arguably different too right but but yeah. through osmosis they were all inspired by a band called death yeah <laughs> through exactly, osmosis right? they were all inspired yeah, death, by a band death called wins death. that contest i think yeah, but like yes. yeah yeah there, there would be no string scream dracula scream without this record <laughs> at <Yeah>. all <laughs> i i i wouldn't go so far as that i did find that fun amusing in the in the write-up but i was like uh I mean, it, it definitely helps. It doesn't hurt. Uh, but it, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say, you know, it's a perfect one to one. It's pretty damn close, Perch. It's- and I, find, I I love Rocket from the Crypt, but I it, I was I was a little bit taken aback by how how similar or how how much you can draw from this band into that one. Yeah, um, it's true. So up until a few weeks ago, when we were talking about Para Ubu, I kind of I, I never knew which band was Rocket from the Crypt and which band was Rocket from the Tomb because mm. you know they have almost the same name. <laughs> yes. uh, so Rocket from the Tomb is is previous is members that would eventually be in Para Ubu, so they're from Ohio. Where's Rocket from the Crypt from? They are from San Diego. Okay, and dudes, yes. did they? Is there any way that one of them saw the other one's name on a flyer and thought it was a cool name? Or do both those names just happen organically? I think definitely they are Rocket from the Crypt name themselves that because Rocket from the Tomb was taken. I think Rocket from the Crypt has has more of a ring to it, but maybe it's just because historically I've heard that name more times than I've heard Rocket from the Tomb. I mean, it's double fricative. It's a little harder to say Crypt than Tomb. Yeah. Double fricative, you know. Yep. Rocket crypts. Huh. I, I like about, that. I talk about fricatives a lot. <laughs> oh, it's been a while <laughs> since we hung out. Doesn't it sound fun? Aren't you missing it? <laughs> so much. Sheila remarked yesterday or a couple days ago, like your friends love theme parties. Shut up, Rob in regards to me talking about theme parties. And I was like, Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, we haven't had a party in so long. They're just more fun. <laughs> Did the song private affair, uh, remind anybody of a Lou Reed song? Or was it just me? Not really. Lou Reed song. It just sounded like something off of like transformer. I don't oh. know the way, he, uh, the way the vocals are, we could, uh, we could hear it. Birch. Sure. Private affair. Sure. Yeah. I understand what you're saying because a lot of the, uh, Vela Underground stuff was they were experimenting with different uh, 
vocalizations with left and right channels. This this song I actually had written down that it does take me a bit out of the song. I, I'm not a big fan of this treatment of the vocals in the right ear and then switching over to the left. It just sits right. It sits way outside of the the song. And it, yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't, it, it's not pleasant for me to listen to with headphones specifically. Maybe if it's a stereo, it'd be fine, but it sounds so far away from the, it sounds like the band's in the other room and this person is talking to you in the, in the next room over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rob, I know you said you were joking, but when it goes to the chorus, <laughs> I do hear parts of New York conversation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't joking. I was very serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the Lou Reed thing, though, Kyle. Yeah, I get it, Kyle. Sense. He also has a song called uh, This Perfect Day, <laughs> just yeah. like Lou Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did find it really interesting that he said that he wrote This Perfect Day uh, on his father's classic guitar on Christmas Day while... Uh, at his parents' place while everybody had gone to church. That's why you never, <laughs> ever go to church. <laughs> you could, you could write a hit song during He's, that time. Exactly. You just, all you need is what a is quiet Christmas house. What is Christmas in Australia like? It's, it's warm hot. out, I'll tell you that. It's real hot. Yeah. Yeah. According yes. to the kinks, you can go uh, surfing uh, on on uh, on a holiday on beautiful Christmas Day in Australia. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the harmonica on Rundown, sweet. The mm-hmm. harmonica. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of other bands that have just randomly thrown in a harmonica like that. And I thought of the Wipers, but. Sure. I don't know. I really, I really dug it. Yeah, Huey they're... Lewis and the News. They'll throw a harmonica in there. <laughs> Pretend- Come on. Pretenders. Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah. John Popper and his blues <laughs> travelers. Oh my Shame God. on you. <laughs> uh, Stop giving me the runaround and let's talk about this album. Oh, no. I'm hearing a lot of frog stomp, really. Oh, <laughs> um, I like the titles of tracks one and six. Yeah. Would you know you- uh, track one? Know your product and track six? No, your product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a lot of sense of humorness on this. Like, I yeah. feel like the last track is like really, really goofy. And they almost called the whole album that, which I think is really weird. Yeah, <laughs> But kind of like extremely punk rock, too, to just be like, oh, yeah, whatever. Who fucking cares? Like. <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> they just want to get rid of the last song on their punk record, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, International Robots. I did look up the robot to see when it was popular. Uh, the 20s, the 60s, and in 1974, the Jackson 5 did it on television. Nice. So. Oh, the, the dance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's from the 20s? Yeah. <laughs> they, they knew what a robot movement looked like in the 20s? Well, yeah, Metropoli- Metro- did, yeah Metropolis. Yeah. Yeah. Did they refer to it as the automaton? <laughs> I mean, no, watch. I think they called it the robot. Watch me do the Charleston, and now watch me do the automaton. <laughs> <laughs> I love this visual medium we have. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. nailing it. He did such a good job. Guys. <laughs> yeah, y- 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 y'all should see me Charleston. 
<laughs> I have. It's 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 horrifying. <laughs> your, your mouth is really big and smiling, and your weird gangly knees are knocking back and forth. If you're not smiling, it's not the Charleston. <laughs> oh, the sad Charleston, like a yeah. mime doing it. Yeah, it's no such thing. So the first record is worth checking out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, absolutely. I'm sharing it. It it does. Um, it does have a bit more sameness. That 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 is kind of its weakness. And the recording was not very good. Although in 2004 they did a re-release, a uh, remaster of all these uh, albums, the first three albums, and put it on a compilation. And actually, it sounds really good. Uh, with the remaster, it brings the levels up, and it feels it feels great. I, I listened to it today, um, just because I I had it. Uh, the original a long time ago and I listened to remastered it blew me away I couldn't believe how well it it could be remastered so yeah definitely check it out and I'm stranded is obviously the sort of a highlight of the album although the other songs are great too it just has a bit more rawness I mean every song on here that sounds more like a straight ahead um punk rock song is is really what it, what that album sounds like and i can i can take some rawness for it being the first punk album on its continent and perhaps hemisphere yeah Yeah, when they start started out too, um, they were just getting, they were having house parties. They were one of, the, they were a band like that where they're just rowdy guys playing fast music, drawing the the cops were busting up all their house parties, and you know that that was that. It was just a ruckus time, and they just wanted to play as as like loud as they could. I like this record. It's very, very good. Yeah, it's a very good record. I'm, I'm glad that I know of a new band that I like. It's always a good week when I get uh, when I get to find out a new band that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, this record's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm curious now to check out. I never went past the first three records. Once I got to the third one, uh, it sort of fell off for me, and I, I, I don't know. I guess I just never continued that through that i i guess i didn't after have the access. third one is when the 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 there's some crucial changes to the lineup right mm-hmm. right and i probably didn't have access to to find more music at the time but yeah no this album because i think that the, the so saints good. are the, the saints with like under chris bailey's lead are i think still doing shit yeah yeah I, yeah they've been around forever wow yeah but uh ed kepper uh, the guitarist 
and also he wrote a lot of the tracks. He's around for the first three. And then after that, it's not so much like an Ed Kepper, Chris Bailey project as a Chris Bailey project. From the uh, little amount of research I did, I could be very much understating. Sounds like we're there. Is that the consensus? Uh, yeah. What do you What do you think? Positive? Recommend? I would recommend. Yeah, yeah. Positive for me. Uh, definitely exciting to find a new band. I like. I would absolutely recommend it. I think people should hear it. I think for like, I, I really like listening to the music. I think it's a great record to listen to. But for me, like almost like the most exciting part is to realize that I had been overlooking this band that had been making this type of music that I like for longer than so many of the bands I'm familiar with. The fact that like that that the family tree has this root in Australia that now I need to investigate is really exciting. And I, I like the record a lot, but it's almost like what this record implies that there's so much more to uncover in Australia in the seventies is, is what I'm really excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally on the positive as well. It's just, it, I mean, punk rock is so fun. Rock and roll. Uh, I guess I would even say this is a rock and roll band over a maybe their first album was more punk rock but this this sort of brings it into a different different sphere um but yeah they have a really like you were saying it's really fun to go back to 1978 and think oh this is you know this could have come out five ten years ago and it still would have would have been a cool album to listen to there's it's it just sounds good it has a, a real energy to it um yeah, totally on positive. Recommend. Yeah, I'm on a positive too. It's very good. I'm going to interrupt you, Kyle. I'm going to keep yeah. on interrupting you for the rest of your life, <laughs> motherfucker. Aww. It's a tradition. <laughs> it is. That's right. He sits there and looks sad. <laughs> and it energizes me. Um, <laughs> no, it... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very happy that this record exists in my uh, in my sphere of knowledge now, and I'm going to continue to listen to it. It's it's just a this is a party record. This should have been something I was listening to on a, a porch in Bloomington. This is mm-hmm. absolutely par- party time, uh, rock and roll. So yeah, positive. Listen to it. Can I, can I talk now? Yeah, let's hear Go it. Go for it, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, this record's great. So it's anyway, great. what I was thinking was, <laughs> get him, Kyle. <sighs> yeah, uh, uh, like Robin Ben said, this record's great. I'd never heard of these guys ever. Um, uh, it's got something for everybody. It's got a lot of variety. It's got some jangly, some good jangly guitars. It's got some. Uh, it's got some soulful stuff, you know, they're being cheeky. They're talking about robots. Love this record. Play it loud. It's really fun. When we can party again, I look forward to partying with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You did bring mm-hmm. up something, Kyle, that I should have mentioned before. It it did have some reviews that called it uneven. Even in this write-up, it said it was uneven. I don't know if I'd... It it does make sense that someone would say uneven, but I feel like that's more of a strength at this point in their career. The first album was so straightforward um, that this feels 
pretty good to have variety in there and each one of their styles that they're pursuing here um will go on to inspire different bands yeah, um, yeah, that's good with, yeah. with acoustic guitar with horns with straight ahead rock uh punk rock and yeah i did feel like some of the ballady stuff sounded the same to me hmm. like memories are made of this sounded really similar to minor version to me okay i was like yeah but maybe that's just because I didn't want to slow it down. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that made me cranky, but <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it overall. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Marvin Gaye here, my dear. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, guys. Right. See you next week. Mm-hmm. I'm not